Good morning. Good morning, morning, my Orangewood family. It's always so good to be with you. Hey, did y'all have a good Thanksgiving? I love that holiday. I really do. I think we ought to make it like every last Thursday of the month. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, man, it was an incredible time for our family. I hope and pray it was for you as well. But, you know, Thanksgiving and family coming, it's also a reminder of pain, of sorrow, sadness, uh, the reality that we live in a fallen world. So if your Thanksgiving was great or if your Thanksgiving was a little too painful, wherever you fall on the spectrum, boy, am I glad you're here because we need to be saved again by a babe in the straw named Jesus. We need to gather again as a family, be reminded that there's a God who's real, a God who lives, a God who's eternal, His Son who rescues even today. Uh, We need to come into His presence, celebrate who we are um, as His family, who we are together as family. So wherever you fall, uh, if this was a hard weekend or if this was a wonderful weekend. It's just good to be back together, especially as we start off this Advent season. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9. The prophet Isaiah um, spoke very clearly of a coming Messiah, a suffering servant, a king uh, by the name of Jesus. And we are going to park for this entire Advent season right in Isaiah 9. Amazing what Isaiah does say about Jesus, uh, things like in verse 7 or chapter 7 that a, bo- a baby would be born of a virgin. But we're going to look just at a few verses that describe who this Jesus is and what he has done for us. It was nearly 2,000 years ago that out of the providence, uh, the Roman providence of Judea, uh, that a teacher emerged. Uh, many said that this teacher is from God, an amazing teacher. Um, and so many left their jobs, many left their homes to follow this great teacher because they had hoped the Messiah would come. They had hoped that one would come to rescue him, that would rescue them. And they were hoping that maybe this was a miracle-working Messiah that they long awaited for. But then in Roman occupation, this would-be Messiah was crucified. His followers dispersed. His name was Theodos. Gotcha, didn't I? His name was Theodos. T-H-E-U-D-A-S. And he wasn't the only emerging Messiah coming out of that region some 2,000 years ago. And we may want to ask the question, why? Why does history tell us of others and one that we now worship and know as the long-awaited Messiah, Jesus? What was up? Well, it was 700 years before Theodos showed up that the prophet Isaiah was writing. He was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Uh, He was using his own gifts and abilities, yet God was breathing into him truth and going to tell God's people of a long-awaited Messiah uh, and describe this Messiah in amazing, wonderful terms. And so the people were waiting. Think about this amazing story of Advent, this amazing story of Christmas, 
a birth of a child some 2,000 years ago, a babe in the straw that we've become come known as God's only begotten Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus. Think about the amazing mystery, the profound wonder of God's Word that 700 years before the birth of Jesus, Isaiah would write and tell us about this blessed event that we celebrate. So let's look together uh, as we look to God's Word and see how did Jesus fulfill all that was promised by the prophet Isaiah. Let's give God respect to His Word. It's inerrant. Uh, It'll never lead us astray. What a love letter He has given to us. So I'm going to ask if you're able, uh, if you will stand as I read Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. If you don't have your Bibles, the Word should appear on the screen behind me. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon His shoulders. And His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of His government and of peace, there shall be no end on the throne of David and over His kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. You may be seated and let's pray. O babe in the straw, come and save us again today. Father, as we turn to the Advent story, it's a story that many in this room have heard over and over again. Father, there may be some here who have never heard the story of a God who so loved a fallen world that He would send His only Son on an amazing rescue mission for sinners like us. But Father, if this is an Advent season that we have celebrated for years and years, or this may be our very first one in church, whoever we are, wherever You find us, Father, may the awe and the joy of Christmas meet us this morning. Father, would You come and would You speak through a broken sinner who desperately needs to hear the good news of Jesus? Would You truly forgive his sins for they are many? Father, would You speak clearly, boldly, in a way that we can hear from Jesus, Your Son. Only You could do that. So empower this feeble preacher with Your powerful words. Open up our ears to hear. Spirit of living God, shine into our minds that we understand what this wonderful Counselor named Jesus has done for us. Father, because You love us and we're Yours, would You wrap lovingly Your hands around our hearts. And Father, for the parts of our hearts that don't believe, that are callous and cold because of sin, would You remove them? And maybe for some, would You give us for the first time, the gift of faith in our hearts. Father, for all of us, may we walk out of here different because we're Your people and we've been in Your presence and we have heard Your Word. 
and we've been with one another, may we walk in a manner worthy of the wonderful Counselor who has come to save us. To save us all. That babe in the straw. Come and speak boldly, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Isaiah, he promised that one would, be called, would come that would be called a wonderful counselor. Wonderful. Extraordinary. Wonderful. That words can't describe. Wonderful. Producing wonder and awe. Do you know that, Jesus? Do you know Jesus as one who has done such great things in your life? Such great things for this sin-torn world that you would say His name is wonderful. It's my hope and prayer that every single one of you through the Advent season, when you hear the name of Jesus, when you hear that this child was born unto us, that wonder and awe should fill your heart and soul and that you should be reminded that truly the name of Jesus is wonderful. God in flesh. What wonder and awe that does produce. Counselor. Really here, one that is all wise. Uh, one who is a, the sage of all sages. One who doesn't need to go to anyone else for advice. The one who knows all. The one who holds all in His hands. The ones who even the kings of this earth, the prime ministers and the presidents, are held in this counselor's hand. May that produce awe with us. And I don't know about you. I do know about you. We do need a whole lot of wonderful right now. We need a whole lot of wonderful in our lives and in our church and in our communities and in our workplace and in our economy and all that is happening today around us. We need a whole lot of wonderful. And may God show up with power and show us the wonder and awe of His great Son, Jesus. We're going to look at three things this morning. We're going to look at the wonderful counselor of Jesus in creation. The wonderful counselor of Jesus in new creation making all things new and starting with you and with me. And lastly, the wonderful counselor in consummation that he is coming again. The first thing is this. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Wonderful Counselor in Creation. You open up your Bibles to Genesis 1 and you hear how God created everything. It's amazing of what he didn't use. I mean, he created everything out of nothing. And all that he had to use was his word. He spoke. God spoke and the universe jumped into existence. I was in a bookstore over uh, this last weekend. Uh, picked up the book, The God Delusion by Hawkins. And really looking at this intelligent design saying, no, it's crazy. How can people believe in a designer of all this thing? And I want to say, are you kidding me? The God Delusion. How wonderful. That God has created everything out of nothing just by speaking. Marvel at the cosmos with me. John, when he writes his Gospel, he makes it very clear that this Word was Jesus. This Word was with God. This, this Word was God in the beginning. And He made all things. This Word became flesh and He dwelt among us. His name is Jesus. 
And you turn to the book of Colossians and Paul, if there's any confusion, is going to wipe it away. And in Colossians 1, verses 15 through 17, he's going to say that everything that was created was created by Jesus. It was created for Jesus. It was created through Jesus. All for the glory of Jesus. There is nothing created that has been created that wasn't created by this wonderful counselor named Jesus. When we look at the babe and the straw, there is the creator of heaven and earth. Five weeks ago today, I wasn't here with you. Five weeks ago today, I was was walking on the beach. And to be honest with you, God and I weren't doing real well five weeks ago today. I was angry with him. I was angry with him because there were some prayers that I had poured out to him that, that he hadn't answered uh, there was some pain in our life and in Katie's life that I couldn't understand that wouldn't subside and go away. So I wasn't with you. I was on New Smyrna Beach. Uh, right about this time, walking down the beach, and I was angry with God. As a matter of fact, although I had vacation, I kind of said, you know what? I'm just going to step back for a little while. He wasn't too wonderful at that time in my life. And I don't know if I wanted his counsel. So Katie and I went for a walk. And you guys know New Smyrna Beach if you live around these parts. I mean, we, we aren't really known for ourselves. And I wasn't really paying attention. And my size 14 feet were just slapping against the sand. And all of a sudden I looked down and Katie said, whoa! And there was a complete sand dollar absolutely whole that I almost stepped on like the rest of the sand dollars we usually sit see bits and pieces of and I was amazed I picked it up I thought man look at the design of this thing and I and I held it for a long time and, and I was amazed at the shape and flipping it back and I noticed that there's a star in the middle do you know that there's a star in the middle you come up and look at it, there's a star And I thought, how could something so delicate be produced by something so massive and powerful? How could, they, how, how could this roll in on the waves and not be obliterated? God of wonders, beyond our galaxy, you are holy. And, and, and my heart started to warm and, and, and I started to fall in love with the creator of a, of a sand dollar. And I looked over and the waves were coming. And I, I tell you, usually pelicans fly high. And I've always been enamored with pelicans because their beak can hold more than their belican. But that wasn't it right now. I, 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 they, were, they were right in the waves. As the waves were crashing, they were flying right through the waves. I mean, I was, I was right. How, how did they get so close and not get tumbled over? And, and how do they know? And, and, and it was just amazing symmetry between creation as the waves come rolling in and I'm holding the sand out. And guess what happened? I fell in love with Jesus again. Because I realized what an amazing, wonderful counselor who is creator of heaven and earth. And the God of wonders was wooing me back to himself. 
You see, in a lot of ways, Christmas is like a book signing. It's like a book signing that the creator of heaven and earth is going to show up and he's going to come to what he has created and say, this is all mine. Look what I have done. And again, we may see Jesus in the straw and see him in the manger, but we can never forget as you look to the cosmos, as you look to the sand dollars, it all points to Jesus. A buddy of mine wrote a book. It's a very good book. Three Tips for Campus Survival. Anybody who has a child ready to go into a college or a college student, it's a, I recommend this. He's now a pastor in California. And he sent me the book. But you know what I really like about this book? My name's in it. You know, I, I, when he asked me to write something, I was hoping that my name would like be on the back, like forwarded by Jeff Jakes, Jeff Jakes somewhere. And somehow I'm stuck on like page 11 with a bunch of other pastors. But my name's in it. Right there. Orange Presbyterian Church. So the 300 copies that this book is going to sell, um, those people know Chuck, you'll sell more. But he recently had a book signing up in Tallahassee, where he had a campus ministry. And there was the author signing the books that he has created. Christmas is a celebration of the author coming and living with us and saying, this is mine. I'm going to sign now the book of your life. I'm going to sign the book of your life and say that it's mine. That the God of wonders who created the cosmos that you and I can intimately know as Father through His Son Jesus. Is that good news? The Creator God of the universe, the One who sustains and names all of the stars in the cosmos, we can know as our friend and as our Savior. And of all the things that we do and of all the things that may be attributed to our name, do you know what matters most? Do you know Him? And is your name written in His book? In Luke chapter 10, Jesus sends out 72 disciples. He sends them out and he empowers them. He says, I want you to go and I want you to go do ministry in my name. And listen, when you get to the to sick, I'm going to give you power to heal them. And you're going to be able to do some amazing things in my name because the kingdom of God has come. I'm going to give you amazing power. And I tell you, they went out and the world started to change. And all of a sudden, common people like you and me were doing some amazing things in the name of Jesus and they came back to Jesus. They said, you're not going to believe this, but we, we actually even spoke to demons in your name. And they listened and they fled. You're not going to believe this, but the, the disease were healed by speaking your name. You're not going to believe the ministry that we had. And Jesus said, wow, that was amazing. I saw Satan. He was like falling like lightning from the sky when you guys were out there. It was an amazing ministry you had. But listen, fellas, It's not about what you do. It's about who you are. And I don't want you to rejoice and celebrate of a big new members class. And I don't want you to celebrate and rejoice in a big chili dinner. And I don't want you to celebrate and rejoice in amazing things. Although they're really, really good. Listen, I want you to celebrate and rejoice that your name is indelibly written in the book of life. That's good news. Wonderful Counselor. The One who has created all things has come as a book signing.
to say, this is, this is all mine. Are you in the book of life? Do you know Him as your Lord and Savior? For unto us a child is born. Amazing that God became flesh. Unto us a child. God is wrapped in flesh in that manger. And you know, Jesus continued to be flesh throughout His 33 earthly years. And when He was resurrected, guess what? He was resurrected human body. He said, touch me. And you know what Jesus is today? And will forever be fully human. Fully man. Fully God. Together. That is amazing, wonderful counselor that only God could pull off. That for unto us a child, a normal, fully functioning child with a real soul was born. But also unto us a son was given fully divine. Think of the wonder and awe of this in one child. Deity, humanity, united, distinct. Two separate natures in one person. One God. Listen, what child is this? May the wonder and awe of the wonderful Counselor truly shape our hearts this Christmas season. Not only is He a wonderful Counselor in creation, and when you go out and see that creation, give Him the praise that is due Him. He's wonderful Counselor in new creation as well. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, For any of us by God's grace that are in Christ, any of us who have come by faith to Jesus and said, I embrace you as the true Lord and Savior of the world. You're not like Theodos who was dead and is long gone. You are it. Uh, For those of us He gives new life to, uh, new creation. He says, for anyone who is in Christ Jesus, which means this, we've placed our faith in Him. We have been covered in His blood. It's washed away all of our sins, past, present, and future. Good news. We are robed in His righteousness. We are truly made joint heirs with Christ. For all of us who are in Christ Jesus, by God's grace, through faith, we are now a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Jesus is wonderful counselor of new creation. When Jesus came, He says, I'm going to come. I'm going to make all things new. Clearly, the book of Revelation says that Jesus' mission was a global mission. It was a cosmic mission. It included you and me as His people, but it included all of creation to make all things new. And He starts with us. And Jesus is the wonderful counselor of new creation. I love how many of you have come to Christ at Orangewood. I love it. It's amazing. Uh, one of our own pastors, Robert Stephan, came to Christ here. I, can't, I never get uh, bored of listening to stories of how God worked in many of your lives so that you understood the Gospel for the first time right here. I love those stories. As a matter of fact, I said to God, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. Uh, I, I still say that to Him. Anywhere you want me to go, I'm yours. But don't send me to a place where people aren't coming to Christ. But we can't see that amazing mystery of the dead coming alive. Those who were alienated being brought near. Those who by nature are children of wrath being made objects of His delight. It's awesome. And why do I love hearing these stories? Because you can see the life that reigns there, but because we hear the echoes of eternity in these stories. 
We hear the echoes of what God has done before time began. We see the fruit. We see the fruit of a, of a meeting, a council that happened in heaven before God created all things between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That there was a covenant made called the covenant of redemption that God would send forth His Son born of a virgin, fully man, fully God, to come and to seek and to save the lost. What an amazing story. What an amazing plan. You see, Christmas. Christmas is a celebration, a part of God's story that began before He created anything. That's true of the cross. And that's true of the resurrection. That's why Paul would write in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, that before the creation of the world, before the creation of the world, that He would choose us, His own sheep, His own children, in Christ Jesus, to be holy and blameless in His sight. You see, God is this wonderful counselor of new creation. And He knew that all that He created was good. And He knew that He made us in His image. And He knew that we would mess it up big time. That we would separate ourselves from God. That we would live our lives as if we didn't want anything to do with God. But God says, I'm not giving up. I'm the wonderful counselor who created everything. And I'm the wonderful counselor that will make all things new. Do you know Him? For unto us a child is born. Yes, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. God, in His wonderful wisdom, His wonderful Counselor, wanted our Rescuer to be fully man. That's Jesus. He wanted a man to be the one who was the man of sorrows. A man had to be the one who fulfilled the law and righteousness. For unto us a child is born because God desired a man to be a rescuer. But for unto us a son is given because only God could rescue us. That's a mystery. But that's the Gospel. And that's the Christmas story. Wonderful Counselor over new creation. For unto us, Christ has been given. And then, wonderful counselor and consummation. And this basically is when all things come to a close. At that last day, we're in the last days, but when that last day comes, when Jesus comes back, we're in that in-between time. He's not coming back as a baby in the straw. No, He's coming back as Lord of Lords and Kings of Kings. And we better be ready. But this wonderful counselor in consummation, that he is in control of all things. Do things look like they're spinning out of control? I mean, do we not live, it seems like, hopeless times? Ross Duhame, the chairman of our diaconate, has a six year old nephew named Brendan. Brendan went to school last Monday. They weren't off like many of you were. Went to school on Monday. By Thursday, he's diagnosed with an inoperable, incurable brain tumor. Aren't you sad? And aren't you just 
So sick of sad stories. Haven't we had enough? They're not believers. And as a pastor, I always feel so bad at those points because I know that people are going to probably curse God and, and run further away. And I want to say, God, You're the wonderful Counselor. You're the mighty God. You're the Prince of Peace. You're the everlasting Father. Can You just show up? I'm sad. And I'm tired of sad stories. Because there's too many sad stories in this room alone. Some known, some silently weeping. J.R.R. Tolkien, the Lord of the Rings writer, Christian, wrote the book, The Return of the King. In there, there's a pretty interesting quote, and Keller uses that quote and spins it a bit. I want to tell you that quote. It's, it's this. It's uh, Gandalf uh, comes back alive. Gandalf, I thought you were dead, but then I thought I was dead myself. And, and now when he realizes new life has come, listen to this interesting quote. He says this, Is everything sad going to come untrue? Is everything sad going to come untrue? Is everything sad going to come untrue? That, my friends is the story of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. That someday when He returns, everything sad is going to become untrue. But we're not there yet. We have peace today. We have forgiveness today. We have Emmanuel, God with us today. But we are not there. Tim Keller said this, everything sad is going to come untrue. And it will somehow, listen, this is so true and so beautiful, and it will somehow be greater for having once been broken and lost. Isn't that amazing? You know what he's saying there? That somehow at the end of the story, when we're there with Jesus, and it's going to be the greatest Thanksgiving feast ever, and we're going to see Him as He is, and we're going to be like Him in our resurrected bodies, someday in that consummation when He has come to judge the, the quick and the dead, when He has come to bring us into the new heavens and new earth with Him, and we shall be like Him, there'll be no more sadness, there'll be no more tears, there'll be no more sorrow, and everything that was sad will become untrue. Man, come Lord Jesus today. But we have to know His timing is perfect. And I don't know why, what He's waiting for, but I do know that His timing is perfect. He says this in 2 Peter 3.9. He says, I desire that none shall perish. That He is long-suffering. That none shall perish. That all shall have everlasting life. And what I, mean, what I really believe was being communicated there is remember that council I told you about before time began? Uh, the, the covenant of redemption that God, the Father, and Holy Spirit had a plan for rescuing all of the lost sheep, all of His children. And there's just some that aren't home yet. Maybe your great-great-grandchild is that last lost sheep to come home. I don't know. But I know this, that God doesn't want any to perish. And He is not going to come back as Lord of Lords and King of Kings until all of the sheep are found, until all of the lost have been rescued. And it's our job now as the church to go out and look for the lost. 
And the Puritans got this. They said, let's speed the day of the Lord. Let's, let's see if we can move it faster by, by telling the good news of Jesus to every tribe, tongue, and nation. Because clearly, at the end of the story, they're all there. May we now live holy lives that reflect the reality of who Jesus is. May we boldly proclaim the name of Jesus as our Lord and Savior, as our wonderful Counselor, so the lost sheep can be found and He can come home. The writer of Hebrews says, and we talked about this last week, that Jesus sat down at the right side of the Father after He made this amazing sacrifice because His sacrifice was sufficient for all of our sins. The work is now done, but He is waiting for His enemies to be made His footstool. And oh, do His enemies seem to still run rampant around us today in our families, in our homes, in our schools. I mean, we can't crack open the newspaper and not hear sad stories. And as Christians, we know that Jesus is the wonderful Counselor of the consummation. That one day He is coming and all that is sad will become untrue. The wonderful Counselor of our own stories. I walked by... In our bedroom was a note with my wife's handwriting on it. I asked for permission to read it. And she said this. She wrote, I don't want this to be a part of my story. I knew right away she was talking about, I don't want cancer to be a part of my story. But I don't write this story. God does. I trust my author and director. Honoring him with what he writes is my life story. I'm here to glorify and enjoy him in any circumstances he has for me. That is a godly woman who by God's grace is honest and yet says... He's the wonderful counselor of my story. Because he is the author and director of my story in my life. I look around this room and my heart literally some Sundays just wants to crack open with the marriages I know that are in trouble. That the kids that I know that are not home and prodigal for the empty spaces around our Thanksgiving tables. For the death that was way untimely. For the jobs that were lost and the economy the where it is and for all the woe that's happening. And every one of us could cry out and says, I didn't want this to be a part of my story. Five weeks ago, I was walking the beach and I was telling God, I didn't want this to be a part of my story. And I'm angry with you. I'm disappointed in you. And I'm having a bit of a faith crisis. 
and the wonderful counselor came. In the midst of this pastor's tantrum, childish tantrum, he reminded me that he loved me. And that nothing happens to his, my story that doesn't first go through his pierced hands. For his glory, okay. But somehow for my good. may never get it. Listen, the last thing I'm going to do as your pastor is give you pad easy answers. That some things in your stories really hurt, and I know they do. And many of you want to stand up and scream, I didn't want this a part of my story. And I'm not going to be here and say, you know what, but you know, God's going to make it good and all, all good. And, you know, all things work for good for those who love the Lord, call according to his purpose, his purpose. We know that's true. We know that that's reality. But at the same time, for some mystery, this wonderful counselor named Jesus wants to be Lord of your story and my story. And wants us to come to that part in our life that just kneels before him and says, I don't get it, and I may never get it, but I love you. And I'm not going anywhere. Because like Peter, where else do I go? Because you hold the words of truth and life. Because you are, and you alone, are the wonderful counselor of creation. You and you alone are the wonderful counselor of new creation. You and you alone are the wonderful counselor of consummation. And you and you alone are the wonderful counselor of my story. To the glory of God. For those of us, by God's grace, know that reality. As painful as the story is today, There's a time coming where everything sad is going to be made untrue. And we're going to see this babe in the straw as the spotless Lamb of God crucified for our sins, but now as the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And we will join our worship with the heavenly hosts falling before Him And say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The wonderful Counselor. Do you know? Let us pray. Father God, before you created anything, you had us in mind. And God, your thoughts for us were loving and they were kind and they were merciful. And God, you created us in your image and you created us for your purpose and your glory. You created us to fill this earth of yours as the wonderful counselor of creation with your glory, telling your story. And when sin messed it up, you had already planned You already knew that Jesus would be coming. That seed would be coming to destroy our enemy's head and give us life and life eternally. 
Father, we thank You for every jot and tittle of the Old Testament that points to Jesus as the wonderful Counselor. We thank You for every jot and tittle of the New Testament that confirms that He is the promised One. Theodos is gone and dead. He was a fake and phony. But Jesus lives. Because He lives, so do we. Wonderful Counselor, come and let us bow before You. Amen.